ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As at the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Did you accept the, uh, I don't know what you guys see when I. Record. It just is what a pop out says, continue or leave. Or leave or. meeting. <laughs> I'm out of here. Fuck if you right. bitches drop off. I'm like. <laughs> I didn't consent to this. Well, I guess if Laura's going to make up her history, I could do the same thing for it. Uh, anyway, hi guys. Welcome to History of Hi. <laughs> I'm Carrie. <laughs> I'm Laura. I'm Jen. <laughs> Am I supposed <laughs> to introduce myself now? <laughs> no, this, podcast, in, man? <laughs> this podcast has really gone downhill. You used to be kind of like on it. I would give her like, send her like a format and everything. Um, right? Now I'm like, hey, you know, you're going to do the intro. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Just she likes know. to do that. And the podcast's on in five minutes. We're going to record. Can you be on? <laughs> right? Sure, why not? Yeah, here's your script. And. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do Come that. On, Jen. Yeah, for sure. And I'm the one that lives closest to this place and I know nothing about it. <laughs> well, and yes. I, and after this, you'll probably know just about the same. <laughs> We're not going to help you on any way. But you've heard of it, right? Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. And I did bring up the the history of it on their website. So, okay. All right, cool. I'm not going to ruin the surprise. (laughs) You're just going to fill in the words that Laura can't see because she doesn't have her glasses on. (laughs) Exactly. Right, right. I'll appreciate appreciate the help. She can fill in the blanks for me. All right, well, Laura, go ahead. I don't have any EVPs. Um, everybody's a Patreon of the week. Uh, Laura, do you have anything? No, no, no. Okay. Oh, the uh, kittens came. The oh, kittens came. The kittens. Three kittens. Everybody's healthy and happy. Uh, how and many kittens? Three. Oh, I thought you said thirty. I was like, so she had a lot oh, yeah, more 30. after this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> she was stock full. <laughs> it just kept coming. <laughs> poor, poor cat. <laughs> right. Just the three. So yeah, everybody's good. But that's the update with the with the uh, cat that adopted us and then brought the kid, children to live. And too. by adopted, she went in all Columbus like and said, "Hey, I live here now." <laughs> right. Pretty sure she had a flag and she just put it right. <laughs> like, this is mine. Yep. Yeah. Bless her little baby, pregnant, knocked up heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, we've 
alluded to it, and clearly Jennifer lives close to it. Uh, There's a reason why she's guest hosting this episode with us this week, uh, because it's right in her backyard, up the road a piece, several miles. It's 45 minutes. It's all good. Yeah, she's got a straight shot on 79. (laughs) Straight shot on 79, so I'd be willing to drive it. That tells you things. Carrie knows that. (laughs) She doesn't have to go through downtown. We're going. (laughs) Nope. Or to the South Hills? Nope. <laughs> it's all good. There is not one tube involved in this commute. <laughs> um, we are going to Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. The listeners are like, where the fuck are you going? Even though they already see it in like, the title of the show notes. I'm always like, tell them where we're taking them. They already fucking know. Like, why? I don't. I should just put question marks in the show notes. <laughs> Bitches, where the fuck we going today? (laughs) As they click on the name of the episode, that is Hillview Manor. Right. (laughs) All right. I know people don't read. (laughs) We all know nobody reads. Nobody reads an email. Barely read a text. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway. All right. Laura, take it away. All right. So for the history of Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, I got my information from visitlawrencecounty.com elwoodcity.org, hauntedhillviewmanor.com, and phillyghosts.com. So all the sources. Pretty good. We're up to four now. That means I'm You're really trying. You're doing really, really well. Yeah. Archie's <laughs> always like, I got my information from xyz.com. Now in 1834, and I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> I have to look for like 900 years, and you're like, I got it all in one place. I know. He's a wow. one-stop shop kind of guy. He really is. <laughs> right? Um, big fan of Sears. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the Hillview Manor is located, as we alluded to, in the outskirts of Newcastle, Pennsylvania, which is about 50 miles north of Pittsburgh. Home to somebody else. correct. Yeah. Uh, like the manor triangulate is... where Jennifer lives, 45 minutes right. to her house. So. I'm looking at Google Maps right now. It's 47 <laughs> miles. We're good. Okay. I'm just outside of Pittsburgh. Nice. Yeah. Fact check accurate. Thank you. you know. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> She's our fact checker on this episode. Right? Great. No lies detected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the manor is an 85,000 square foot building made of red brick and has three floors in the main building and a basement. Um, it is perched on a grassy hill above Route 65. The buildings uh, include a Vocational rooms, smoking rooms, laundry, a bomb shelter, a four-car garage, a large garden, a small working farm, and a cemetery all sits on the 22 acres occupied by the property. What is the purpose of the four-car garage? Like, what the fuck was that? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Wow, four-car garage. When she said that, I was like, "Eh?" (laughs) I thought it was interesting that it even had a garage. You know, maybe for the workers? I don't know. Somewhere um, Mike's head is exploding. Right? <laughs> hey, God. you guys are looking to He's buy like, a new house. Maybe. I was just going to say, it might be up for sale. So okay, here you go. And as a bum shelter. I mean, what are you going to do? It's pretty Seriously. nice. Got it all. Right. Um, so Hillview Manor was formerly known as the Lawrence County Home for the Aged, um, also known as the Poor House or Poor Farm. And it housed the county's mentally ill, severely destitute, and elderly residents that didn't have any known family. It was built to replace the aging Newcastle City Home and consolidated various small institutions around the, comp- around the county. 
The facility opened its So door. is this a place that my grandparents would always tell me you're taking me to the poorhouse? This is this is where it was. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is the exact same stuff our grandparents used to say. This is where we would have ended up. All right. When they're trying to get rid of us. Be glad you uh, never did, us. Because, Jen, because this is a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> <laughs> Moody and Pap did not. Uh, thank God they didn't end up here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this wonderful facility opened its doors <laughs> Tuesday, October 19th, Sorry, spoiler alert. Right? <laughs> I'm all, you know. Stepped right all over Laura's part. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So that day, uh, Perry D. Snyder and his wife, Mary A. Snyder, took up residence in the Lawrence County Home for the Aged. Um, joining Mr. and Mrs. Snyder were their two children, about 12 staff members, and the first 20 inmates all moved from the old city home and took up residence in the new state-of-the-art Lawrence County home. Along with their four cars. <laughs> along with their four cars. <laughs> a young boy was among these first 20 inmates, although the home did not generally take children. Um, now, you, it's a home for the aged and destitute or what have you. Mm-hmm. But there were orphanages they were called and stuff. Inmates. They called them inmates, like right. patients, not no. I found that almost solely in all of my research. Well, actually, I'm gonna talk about it here in just a second. So most of the residents were living in the home because of unfortunate circumstances. Like you said, they were destitute. Sure. Um, they didn't have family to take care of them, etc. Um, their grandchildren drove them were, there. Gotcha. Right, exactly. Dropped them off. <laughs> dropped them off. Um, right. Um, but they were considered wards of the county, and they were sentenced to confinement at the home. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of what the, so the county would have, they would almost be, well, they're wards of the county. So the county decides that they have to live there is a way that it was put to me. That's awful. Wording it as being sentenced there, that's. Wow. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's supposed to be they're taking <laughs> care of the people, but really right. it was like where they put the people they didn't have anything else to do with. You know, they didn't want them on the street or what have you. And they kind of sentenced them to stay at the home. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So again, the goal of the institution was to allow these individuals a certain comfort level and for them to actually enjoy themselves in the home. They did try to make it nice. As you know, I said earlier, there's lots of lounge rooms they had garden i mean it, it was a working farm etc did they have a piggery uh, um no i did not find any notice of a piggery which was of course no wonder they weren't happy i mean no but, wonder this place <laughs> went to shit real fast right you can't be happy without a piggery you can't um so but it was for many of the people um a place for them to live out the their last years right right most of the residents just seemed like were elderly so um however by June of 1944, uh, county welfare officials and the Snyders, now in their late 70s, were accused of incompetency at the home and allowing the home itself to fall into disrepair. It was known to be overcrowded during its time of operation. During the hearing, the Snyders were retired with pensions, but permitted to stay at the home with reduced roles. And keep However, their garage. Right, and they got to keep their garage. <laughs> But by late August, the Snyders were given three weeks to vacate the premises um, due to their declining health, um, and they weren't able to complete their roles, apparently. Um, it is believed their daughter, who had resided at the... Oh, please tell years, me they fucking ended up in this joint. Uh, it, didn't, it doesn't say that they had to stay. I believe they had to leave, yeah. But um, 
So the daughter that had lived there and had moved in originally with them and had stayed over the years um, was supposed to have passed around that same time. So at that time, the Snyder's run of over 30 years of service community had ended and Mance B. Hogue, the longtime director of the welfare department, took over operations at the home. The welfare department for the county? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Yeah. So the home continued to operate for many years, and then the later half of the 60s was remodeled and slowly changed into a skilled nursing home center while under the supervision of director Clarence E. Covert. So by 1970, the home was facing severe overcrowding issues, and Covert became bitter about the lack of county support and resigned in January of 1973. Covert had also come under fire for his discriminatory business practices. Um, I didn't find anything specific about that, just that he was, sounds kind of shady. He's kind of a tool bag. Yeah, he doesn't sound like the most awesome guy. Have you heard of this? So, <laughs> huh? Have you heard of this guy? Mm, I don't think so. No. I, she said it like, oh man, he's been all over the news. That, <laughs> <laughs> he's, that he's asshole. Kind of bad name. <laughs> <laughs> she was so convincing. I'm like, what do you know? Oh, nothing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> he's your neighbor? Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in December of 1974, the county decided to add a new section, which is now known as the North Wing, and remodeled some of the existing floors. A new three-story addition, including an additional basement floor, was to be built. This would allow the home to accommodate another 30 or more residents. A new kitchen and dining room and other occupational rooms were included in the construction. The North Wing cost $1.7 million and opened in mid-1977. What they do with the garage? Um, I believe I kept it. One point seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right? In the seventies, that's crazy. That's kind of a lot of money, and still just a yeah. crash for four cars. Right? Like, <laughs> we Lawrence County. Lawrence County now leases those out to local <laughs> area residents. <laughs> so, after this, they decided to have a contest to find a better name than the Lawrence County Home for the Aged. Um, which they did, and it ended up being renamed as the Hillview Manor on March 22nd, 1977. Which makes it sound so, like, regal and amazing and Hillview Manor. Yeah. Oh, I live at Hillview well, Manor. Right? The Lawrence County Home for the Age does, yeah, like, reminisce of your grandparents and the poorhouse and the, you know. Yeah. Where apparently Jennifer was going to send her grandparents. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So Hillbury Manor closed its source in 2004 due to financial constraints. Um, over That's the years, fairly recent. Opera, it is recent. That's fairly surprisingly recent. Surprisingly yeah. recent. Mm-hmm. When did Jen? When did Dixmont close? Do you remember? It was bulldozed in 2006, but it was closed for a long time. Yeah, it was closed for a while. Was it the 80s? I think it was. We covered it in a Patreon um, bonus episode. You'd think I'd know. I don't know. You would think. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm Why is 1984? Point. Okay. Yeah. Dick's mom. I was so bummed out. I was so bummed out that I didn't get to go there. I'm hmm. so bummed out too, man. And then the, <laughs> I mean, the cemetery. My sister-in-law had an experience there. That just was like the icing on the cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. The cemetery is still there, though. It is. Yeah. So. God, right, I haven't gone there yet either. We. <laughs> We know what we're doing this weekend. It's fine. 
Right. <laughs> so over the years of operation, hundreds, if not thousands of people died in the home. And at least 100 are interred in the cemetery on the property in unmarked graves. The cemetery is said to be a pauper cemetery. Um, a handful of residents are also known to have committed suicide, usually by jumping off the roof, although hangings were also common. Sounds like a fun place. Um, <laughs> so after As the if county your life wasn't bad enough and you're poor and like sentenced to this place. Right. And like, it's so shitty that you're like, you know what? It ain't even worth it anymore. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Forget it. I'm good. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't kind of allude to what kind of a place this was, I don't think anything else will. Mm-hmm. Um, not the funnest place to spend your time. Um, so after the county had closed it down, it was put up for sale. It was purchased originally by a corporation, um, but they never kind of detailed what they were planning to do with it. You know, either make it condos or turn it into a hotel or something. <laughs> um, they right? wanted to make it a Walmart <laughs> a water park um, it's at vacant for a few years but then thieves broke in and stole $150,000 in copper wiring um, so that made its future even more uncertain because to replace all that is just you know, not very cost effective um, so then wow. it was put back up on the market again and it was purchased by actually the mother of the current owner um, and they had again talked about making it condos or something like that. Uh, she was contacted by paranormal investigators to go into it, let them go into it, and now it's turned into a whole business and a big prime spot for paranormal investigators. Yep. Um, in the Hillview Manor... Ka-ching! Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so the Hillview Manor has been investigated by some of the most popular paranormal investigation groups, including Travel Channel's Ghost Adventure Crew and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. So... That's the history of Hillview Manor. Great job. I loved it. Oh, thanks. I'm going to give you a 10. I thought that was really oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank I you. mean, it's really Archie is the one that, that scores her. Um, but yeah. I'm giving you a 10. Archie scores her? He's yeah. basically Aww. the Russian judge, though. He's always like, He's <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah so yeah um he's he's scoring her since she's taking over his part while he's on right. hiatus um he gave her a seven for uh loftus hall which mm-hmm. was good he hates, right he hates me for my freedom it's fine <laughs> stupid russian judge Russians. Uh, just kidding. Well, actually, Russia hasn't been a country that listens to our podcast in several months, so I'm not really worried. Um, and then um, last week's episode, the Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, um, we're actually doing double recording, so that hasn't come out yet. So Laura does mm-hmm. not yet know the score she got on that one. No, nope, I got to wait till Saturday. Yeah. Which I got to tell you, I'm probably going to care a little bit less this Saturday. Okay, well then I'll just <laughs> I tell you. See why. All right, then I'll just tell you what he gave you now so that, like, oh, all right. Hold on, let me find it. I'm like, I'm going to be in Belize. You can suck it. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be hard to care when I have a fruity drink in my hand. <laughs> right? You score me however you want, bitch. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to take a picture of me, like, who's winning now, whore? I score myself a 10 point million. Oh, he's so rude. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Look at the look <laughs> on his face, too. I know. It's like, 
why? Oh, Archie. Terrible. I was like, why? He's like, she didn't say much. And I was like, that's because she was having a hard time finding anything on it. And she had told me, she had been texting me. She's like, I'm having a real hard time finding the history on this hospital. Like the land she covered thoroughly. But the hospital itself, like, okay, it was a hospital and, you know, a hospital things happened and then it closed. <laughs> yeah, it was so odd that you couldn't find, I mean, very much about the operating time. Nothing like concrete or right. really substantial. Yeah. About it. It was then he needs to go and do that research on his own and see what he comes up with. I and then Laura Jen. can grade him. Tell him, Jen. Tell him. <laughs> get him. Get him. Red Ross. <laughs> um, I, I'm still not feeling too, too sorry for you because that's still both higher scores than he gave me for Amityville Horror. Yeah. Amityville's, that's tough, dude. I thought you'd agree. He is but. so judgy. Ugh. Yeah. Did he kick that little pedestal out from underneath him? <laughs> you know what? I know I should. Um, Laura has oh, actually, bless her heart. It's hard because when I was off for um, Joliet Prison, Laura did my part because I was moving into my house, and I thought she did great. Um, they talked a little bit of shit about me, so that was less great. But, <laughs> yeah, um, you did editorial. Right, yeah, she did have editorial control, so she could kind of take out whatever she wanted. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I actually left a lot of it in just because, you know, comedic fodder. All of a sudden it just cuts out and it's like, Carrie's the best person I've ever met. (laughs) Right? (laughs) She pieces your voices together. Right? (laughs) She's the backbone of this podcast and we are lost without her. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm shocked that didn't happen. I mean, there is the blooper reel. It's fine. The air quote blooper reel. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we will get into the hauntings of Hillview Manor. And believe me, they are a plenty. Um, so everybody take this opportunity to go refill your glass. And please listen to this wonderful promo for our buddy podcast. We love him. You love him. Caleb and the Paranormal Burrito. Monsters, demons, ghosts, oh my, I didn't see you there. You really spooked me. Just like my podcast, The Paranormal Burrito. We're a weekly podcast featuring a new guest every episode. So join us for fun and spooky stories. If you have a spooky story you'd like to share, email us at theparanormalburrito at gmail.com. The Paranormal Burrito, your true stories. I don't like that lady. I know. I was like, God, she just has a judgy voice. Right? Recording in progress. Get to business or I will cut the shit right off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're probably going to be marveling about the uh, automated Zoom lady for quite a while, listeners. So sorry mm-hmm. about that. Sort of. Okay. So uh, settle in. I've got a lot to cover, and the first half of my portion is simply reading my sources. I got my information. <laughs> <laughs> I got my information from Sharon Sharon Herald.com, 
only in yours. You know what? All this is .com. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to say it any longer. Okay. Um, Sharon Harold, only in your state. Philly Ghosts, Really Haunted, Elwood City Ledger, Haunted Rooms, Haunted Journeys, Iron City Paranormal, Pennsylvania Mountains of Attractions, .com, an article by Mick, that one guy. Um, and then also this shows Ghost Asylum and Destination Fear. So, uh, Jen, I really hate to put you on the spot with this one, but I did come across um, a couple of articles, one article and actually a show that said that Newcastle is the fireworks and hot dog capital of the world. Have you heard that? Oh, I saw this. Interesting. <laughs> did you? Is, uh... Yeah, so do you know last one I was like, it's the cornbread festival, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm going to leave out the hot dog and firework thing. <laughs> Sorry, I got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it into this one. Nice, love it. The, Have you heard that? Are the Zambellis from Newcastle? <laughs> mm. Anyway, yeah, I was like, uh, in fact, in my notes, I put, "Ask Jen if that's true." <laughs> I'm no, well, not not Zambellis restaurant. No, no, <laughs> they serve fireworks, not food. <laughs> My, okay. I don't know. I, I need I, you guys to go is that not, this out for me. Right? We need to. Jen's on the case. So while she looks that up. <clears throat> uh, <coughs> yeah. It actually, the history of Zambelli fireworks. Firework, fireworker Antonio Zambelli ventured from Italy in 1893 to establish the Zambelli Fireworks Manufacturing Company in Newcastle, PA, which is to become a center for America's fireworks industry. So, yes, Zambelli is been well known in this area for years they put on our fourth of july uh fireworks in pittsburgh so actually you know what i think so rick helps with um putting together the shanapin fireworks and i i actually think i've heard him mention this name oh yeah yeah because shanapin doesn't do like a a little a shitty little fireworks show they do pretty big stuff no, yeah, they're they're big booming fireworks. I can see off in the distance too, <laughs> over the treetops. <laughs> yeah. If you can make it over the treetops here, yeah, you've got it a pretty <laughs> Okay, what about hot dogs? No, no, have hot you dogs. found anything about hot dogs? I didn't have anything. Well, New Brighton hot dog shops. I mean, New Brighton hot dog shops are are popular around here, but New Brighton, I believe, was when they started. That's Beaver County, so. I, hmm. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Wow. Okay, everybody. Newcastle is the fireworks capital of the world. Hot dogs are pending. Um, Hillview Manor, according to many people that used to work there, that currently work there now as tour guides um, and other people that visit it for historic tours and paranormal tours, say that it is alive. And Laura, you and I talked about this, was it last episode, that the idea that a, a house or a building is sentient and is like personified is really super creepy. Very. Yeah. This place is no different. Um, so Hillview Manor is alive, but then again, it isn't. She has so many stories. So I found a really fascinating blog thread, or maybe it was a message board on Pennsylvania Mountains of Attractions.com, where somebody had said, I also had an uncle that was staying there in the 90s for a period of time. I remember going in to see him, and honestly, the place just being a mess. It smelled terrible. There were dirty linens just 
everywhere, piled outside in the hallways that smelled of urine and feces. I felt terrible for the patients. We got him out, my uncle out, and put him somewhere else as soon as possible, but he was there for a while. So just kind of give you guys an idea of like what this place became toward the end. Mm-hmm. Not great. No. Um, if you had put Moody and Pap in this place, Jennifer, you deserve to be haunted <laughs> if you ask. I mean, frankly. Right. Um, <laughs> so, Laura, you had talked about um, a, a number of the patients had committed suicide there. Um, one patient had actually gone insane while being there. So like, it was one of those situations where you had, you know, they were like a ward of the state and they were sort of um, destitute and, and indigent and they just, they were sentenced to go to this right. place. Um, at, during, while he was there and living there in these crazy conditions, he went insane. And he actually ended up stabbing himself with shears over 30 times. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, they must have been, and, and uh, the show I was watching, the one guy was like, how did he stab himself 30 times? Like, how did he get to 30? Right. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he, they were like shallow stabs and. Yeah, they would have to be. They would, yeah, they would almost it's have to quick. be. Mm-hmm. Quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because they never found the shears. He apparently hid them um, so there wouldn't be any evidence. Uh, so he's just one of the many unexplained suicides mm-hmm. in the place. The stab marks will lead them to believe. <laughs> right, and I imagine <laughs> no, he's like, well, here's the other thing. There's going to be a little bit of evidence. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, sometimes holes just appear in the body. That's called stigmata. These just happen to be <laughs> everywhere all over the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just one of the many unexplained suicides in the place. Um, others mm-hmm. have hung themselves from the trees on the property or jumped out of the windows or off the roof, like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine yes. my life or my home being such such a place that I'm like, I got to get the fuck out right now. And up there and off is my best option. I, I just can't. It, this is a semi-secured facility, right? It's for people that need assistance. Why can't they get to the roof so easily? How come they can open their windows so far so easily? You know what I mean? It just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It's constantly available to them. Right, yeah. Especially if if... It became it had become a hospital at one point, and then it was like if this was and if it was happening all the time, why didn't you know they would have you would think that one time they would have done something about it, locked it, right. the doors. Right. I mean, just I mean, maybe the they were busy polishing their four <laughs> cars in that garage. I don't know. <laughs> They're hanging out with the mom's children. No, cool. Jennifer's husband is obsessed with his car, so I mean maybe they were obsessed with their cars. Who knows? Well, um, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Jennifer and I have long joked. So everybody, Jennifer and Mike are getting ready to celebrate their 19th wedding anniversary. 
which Congratulations. In, yes, in best friend years translates to 150 years together. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we have long joked that Mike is actually married to his cars and Jennifer is the mistress. <laughs> <laughs> He's very careful with these, these beautiful, beautiful cars. Um, so maybe that's what was going on. I mean, let's not judge too harshly till we have all the evidence. Um, well, and if the cars are really nice, I mean, sometimes. Mike has had some nice cars. He's also had some, like, you know, just kind of like regular cars. But he's just always been obsessed about all of them. Oh, all right. No. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. A bird shit on his shiny wheel yesterday, and I just about <laughs> lost it. Because I don't know how that bird did it. But when he came out, he was like, son of a bitch. Oh, it would be even better. He cleaned all the windows today, and one of those little fuckers shit right on the dining room window. <laughs> He's like, why do they hate me? Maybe because you're anal retentive. I mean, I just, I'm because throwing it out there. <laughs> because you're so obsessed about that. <laughs> you're literally an easy target. I mean. <laughs> an easy target with the bird shit. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that was a good one okay so hillview manor shot it's shaw no saw it's fair share words are very hard um of death during its 78 year history 1926 to 2004 like laura mentioned um in fact some residents who committed suicide while um some were residents who committed suicide while approximately 100 air quote inmates died in the hospital were buried on its grounds in unmarked graves like she had said now um one of the tour guides who is a sharon resident am i saying that right am i putting right inflection is it just sharon or is it like it's, sharon? it's sharon like sharon karen. Like, like god karen Okay, like, Sharon. okay. Sharon I, didn't, I just wanted to make sure that I was like putting inflections where I needed to. Some Pittsburgh ease is very like get it all out in the like the quickest, least amount of syllables you can. <laughs> you mean like East Liberty? There you go. <laughs> See? See, yins and at and at, mm-hmm. which by the way, I did also. And at see where there is a paranormal group in Pittsburgh called Gosanet. And I was like, nice. <laughs> that's perfect. It's fucking beautiful. That had to be a given. You had to know there was going to be someone here that was going to be good. You had to know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, this um, woman, Melissa Keene, who is a Sharon resident and a tour guide at this location said that I was sitting in the office one day and had a nice view of the stairwell. I looked up and watched a woman dressed in a 1950s era nurse outfit walk down the hall, down to the stairwell, through the lobby and vanish and through the front door and vanish. Uh, Countless numbers of people taking tours of this sturdy brick structure said they've seen, heard or felt someone reach out to them from the ghostly world. In a recent tour, a visitor's fully charged cell phone battery suddenly went dead A few minutes later, he and a woman in the group heard the whisper of another woman's voice behind them, but when they turned around, nobody was there. That seems to be very common in this place. Mm -hmm. Um, 
This is, quote, this is one of the most active buildings I've ever been in, said Joe Maz- Mokzan, M-O-C-Z-A-N, Mokzan, co-founder of the Elwood City-based Digital Paranormal Investigations, active as in spirits. Okay, that's a paranormal podcast. Why did I put that on my notes? I don't know. <laughs> we try not to get in your head, Carrie. <laughs> Ours is but four to wonder <laughs> <laughs> while on over <laughs> I hate you shut up <laughs> drink your juice <laughs> thank you <laughs> while on over 20 ghost hunts at Hillview Moxen says he has tape recorded dozens of voices of those from the world beyond he also has a video showing what he has said is a partially transparent apparition of a human Behind glass doors that gradually fades away. That, I would have to actually have to see that to really be like, well, now that might actually, that, there may be something there. Um, mm-hmm. It's exceptionally difficult to prove any kind of paranormal activity through glass. Obviously, there's reflections, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of, of different things. Um, so I tend to take these kinds of claims with a grain of salt just because I, it could happen, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very, very easy to debunk something like that. Again, yeah, there could be, you don't know what's through the other side of the glass, right? Mm-hmm. There could be mirrors. There could be other glass that's reflecting from somewhere. I mean, there's a big. From another like part of the building, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think it was Myrtle's plantation where, um, Somebody on a tour there had taken a video uh, through the main glass doors in the house of two tiny pairs of feet in um, white socks, like white ankle socks and like black buckled shoes walking down the stairwell and then like walking off. And they, it was just the feet. It just sort of like the legs kind of like disappeared um, so it seemed very um, translucent. It certainly wasn't a corporeal, a corporeal child. Mm-hmm. But as I watched it, I'm like, you know what? He's taking this video through glass doors. So it's entirely possible that there were children behind him. Right. It happened to be. And then when I got to the Myrtle's plantation, I actually wanted to try to recreate that. And it's just too difficult to, it's, uh, it, it's very compelling. And when I first saw it, I was like, <gasps> and then, yeah, it's, it's just too hard when, when you're right. talking about anything through glass. And like you said, there could be mirrors or glass windows, like reflecting. It's, it's just very difficult to well, you know, authenticate that kind of stuff. You're looking through our dining room window over at Ron and Melanie's old house. Okay. The top right-hand bedroom window, almost every night, it looks like there's a TV on in there. And, like, I always was like, oh, that's a weird place to put a TV room. And Mike's like, he's like, it's not. He's like, it's reflecting from somewhere. And we cannot figure out whose house it's reflecting from based on the angle. But somewhere, the reflection's coming from another house, somewhere around this co- our corner here. 
and Wait, I can't this figure is, out who it is. This is the window in your house or in Ron and Melanie's old house? It's a Ron, I, Ron and Melanie's old house. If I look out my dining room window to their top right bedroom window, okay, the bedroom upstairs on the second floor, that's where if I'm looking from the dining room, if I look from any other window, you can't see it. But if you look from the dining room window, you can see it. And I'm trying like hell to figure out where is this reflection coming from every night? Whose house is that coming from? And like, how is the angle? Like, how is that working? So it's just, it just goes to prove you don't like the angles that, that mirrors and, and, and windows can catch. You just, it's just weird. Yeah. And we're not even talking about the old lead windows with the mm-hmm. different um, edges mm-hmm. to them. Right. They're, they're usually built in. There's like that beveled kind of edge to them. So those could, mm-hmm. you know, you could be getting stuff from God knows where, up, down, right. you know, to the left, to the right. You have no idea. Yeah. Dude, and now I'm obsessed with finding out what the where this fucking reflection is coming from. <laughs> you have a goal for the weekend. <laughs> I do. A thousand percent. I absolutely do. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I think there have been nights where, like, Jen, you and I have been up late talking, drinking, whatever. And when Ron and Melanie lived there. We would be like, oh, wow, they're up really late. And you're like, oh, yeah, they really are. Like, they usually go to bed long before this. Maybe that was never, ever them. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't ever recall seeing anything like that when they lived there in that window. Because at one point, it was each of the, the boys had that room on their own each at one point. Um, well, then so, like, I knew boys. what was in, Yeah. I knew it was in... I knew what was in their room. So like, but I've never been in their house since Joe and his boyfriend moved in. So I don't, I don't know what's in there. And I just naturally assumed, oh, they just have a TV up on the wall. Like maybe they work out in there. Maybe, maybe that's where he likes to go and sit at night and watch TV. And Mike's like, no, that's, that's not even a TV in there. <laughs> oh, where the hell is it coming from? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> It's not coming from the house directly across the street from you, like catty corner to theirs, or to to, to, to Danielle's. I don't know if <clears throat> that's what. When you get here, we'll have to, to yeah. theorize about this a thousand percent, and like where <clears throat> where it could possibly be coming from. Because I mean, on the same token, I don't put a whole lot of effort into figuring it out. <laughs> but when I stand there, I'm like, I do look around and go, where? Could that be? <laughs> now I'm obsessed. Thank you. I'll be curious to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do it. We will solve this mystery. Stay tuned, listeners. We'll tell you where what's going on. <laughs> They're like, we don't give a fuck. What's going on at the location this episode is about? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, so uh, Mox Zan's Mog Zan, the guy's wife, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> has displays of photos taken at the building, which she says are orbs, which again are to a great many paranormal investigators, transparent balls or globes of light that are spirits. Um, Jen, you and I, you, we, orbs we kind of take with a grain of salt simply because anything could potentially be an orb. I am learning through working with Chris and Audra and Tony and Cherie, um, what a genuine orb is. And it does have a different um, consistency to it. There's a fluidity inside of it um, yeah. that eh, 
they're just they're very i when somebody says orb i'm like i'll look at that later much later in life kind of a thing like i just don't put a lot of stock into them um but I, admittedly i don't i don't know a lot about them and, and i've encountered very very few in the investigations i've done so far so um one advanced ghost hunter friend of theirs had an ovulus uh which are you guys familiar with what an ovulus is i am not so an ovulus is um kind of an evp recorder or an emf detector it's kind of I mean, I'm probably butchering exactly what this is, but it's it to me, it's kind of both combined. But what it has in it, it is it has a um, word bank in it. And the idea behind the ovulus is that simply just like with an EVP recorder, a spirit can use any kind of energy and speak. Um, where an EVP recorder will capture that, and then you you maybe you hear it with your ear, maybe you don't. Um, the EVP recorder will capture any kind of communication. Um, the ovulus actually can communicate what they're what they're saying to you through this tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of words in this word bank. Um, right there, right in the moment. You don't have to wait until you get back to your house to like listen to the recording and see what was said. They'll spit out a word to you right then and there. It's very um, creepy, if you ask me. Uh, whenever I watch a show that they're using the obvious, I'm like, oh, please don't go off. Please don't go off. And then it goes off and it's like pertinent to what they're saying or doing. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> there's something real safe about recording an EVP and then listening to it back in the confines and safety of your own home. But when you're right there and they're like, Satan. That's a huge fucking problem for me. <laughs> it's kind of like a spirit I, box, but I'm feeling like this exactly. is the paranormal equivalent of like the the devices that my mom's nonverbal kids use. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, yeah. And they're just manipulating the energy around them to use that. Now I see them as, as people that are just pushing these buttons. Okay, this is what I want to say. <laughs> Right. I am hungry. Spaghetti. Get me a banana. Yeah. <laughs> Out of wine. That's what our obvious would say. <laughs> I'm dry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what the obvious is. And I really, really want one. But I'm also like. I, but you I'm don't. I'm, I don't. I don't. But I don't. But I don't. Anyway, um, so again, it is equipment used by paranormal investigators, which they say helps communicate with ghosts because whatever it is that they're trying to communicate comes through and out of this word bank in the ovulus. Um, they're also hella fucking expensive, which is another reason why I don't have one yet. <laughs> um, but you're right. It's very much like the spirit box, kind of scanning all of those radio frequencies and stuff like that. Yeah. So um so it's designed for people to ask questions um, and for the spirits to give vocal answers. So this, Jennifer, I really love this one because I just really love it. And, and you'll see why here in a second. So they took the ovulus and they walked into the boiler room where a deceased maintenance man by the name of George had worked. 
Um, it turns out that he was actually a big Pittsburgh Steelers football fan, which quite honestly, you can't throw a rock in that town and not hit a Steelers fan, dead or alive. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I mean, you're it's just, great you're, to know that they carry that on in the afterlife. I mean, I mean, really speaks volumes for the team. Once a fan, literally, a fan. Steelers bars everywhere, even in the afterlife. There are so many Steelers bars actually in Phoenix. Steelers fans are everywhere. And remember when I was in London, we saw a guy in a Steelers jersey at our hotel. We were like, oh my God. And I texted Jennifer. I'm like, you fuckers are everywhere. <laughs> Literally. One of my friends is a Steelers fan. Yeah. And she was in Italy wearing her jersey and made friends with other people <laughs> that are Steelers fans. Just I have Rome or something. I've never heard of any kind of fandom greater. Like, I don't ever hear of any other football team that has such a hardcore, loyal, far reaching fandom, really. Well, this, the um, unfortunately, the Raiders do, and so do the Cowboys. Also, both have pretty big, shitty, terrible. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah, both of them have like I've, that's what something I've noticed about those two teams too. Has like Carrie edit that part. Uh, like fans <laughs> everywhere. Like you, you can't see. seem to go anywhere like without running into um a, somebody wearing Raiders stuff or somebody wearing Cowboys stuff. You did not just compare our Steelers <laughs> to Ravens or Cowboys. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm a Bears fan. Well, I'm a Bears fan. It's cool. So, you know. The Bears. The Bears. The Bulls. Exactly. <laughs> if anybody says the Browns, Jennifer's going to hang up. Don't say <laughs> that. I'm out. I am out. Goodbye. Um, no, I do have to say that our Pirates are just like the Cleveland Indians of the Major League uh, movie franchise. <laughs> Throw that out there. It's comical. Oh, God. Like, also, could we give a big shout out to the Suns? For whatever reason, like overnight, they decided to fucking finally bring it. Yeah, they won last night. I actually watched the game. They're doing really great. Yeah, my mom was like, yeah. back when basketball was fun to watch. And I was like... Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, you know what, my mom. And again, a time that we were told to shut up and get out. <laughs> um, the suns were on. Yeah, my mom was not having any of our nonsense. Go to Jennifer's. Yeah, go to Jennifer's. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to George, who's a massive uh, Pittsburgh Steelers football fan. Uh, mm -hmm. He says that I asked George who his favorite quarterback was. Next thing I know. The ovulus spit out the words Terry and Bradshaw. Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, for those of you who don't know, Bradshaw was the Steelers' famous quarterback who led the team to four Super Bowls in the 1970s. Uh, so while everybody in Pittsburgh world land might love George, <laughs> he is a, an entity that doesn't like men. Um, so if you go down into that basement, even if you're trying to talk about Terry Bradshaw, uh, George has been known to tap or hit men on the back of the head, sometimes with such force that the person's head is actually thrust forward. Hmm. I wonder what he would do to Terry Bradshaw, though. I just was going <laughs> to say that. What if Terry Bradshaw went there? Yes. Would he do the same thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, a thousand percent. I was just wondering that, too. So anyway, George, Steelers fan, but if you're not Terry Bradshaw, don't even bother trying to touch him. <laughs> don't go down there. 
don't do that. Um, However, it does appear that if you go to Hillview, you're almost certain to have some sort of paranormal experience. The manor, like Laura mentioned, was featured on multiple television shows, including Ghost Hunters, yay, Ghost Lab, never heard of it, Ghost Adventures, and (laughs) Destination Fear. Uh Uh-huh, right? Destination Fear and Ghost Asylum. Um, so uh, this article that I, I, you know what, I've said it a million times, guys, I really try not to watch ghost adventures episodes when I'm doing my research, just because I don't like their theatrics. I think it's unnecessary and cruel. Really. I don't like their brand of investigation. Um, but they do catch good shit and this location is no different. So Uh, When Zach, Nick, and Aaron from Ghost Adventures went to visit Hillview Manor, they walked away with a considerable amount of evidence. Um, Zach had actually... (laughs) Zach had actually um, had something grab his arm. Um, His shirt was tugged on, and he felt a hand moving up and down his back. Um, It... And it was all captured on camera and in, in these moments when, you know, how you, you can't fake that. I don't, I really just, I genuinely don't believe you could fake that. Like if you feel somebody just kind of tug on your shirt, you're going to be like, what? Like you're, it, it's just one of those natural reactions, mm-hmm. which is what he had. Um, if somebody's like rubbing a hand up and down your back and you're in a fucking abandoned home for the indigent <laughs> destitute, that's going to mm-hmm. be a problem. Um, so you're going to want, you're going to, you know. Unless that's your thing, Carrie. I mean, unless, unless that's your thing. Against those. She's probably stop judging so much, right? Swipe right. <laughs> so um, in all of these situations, none of the cast or crew was anywhere around him that could have done it. Um, so a shadow figure was seen down one of the hallways Uh, The group also recorded roughly a dozen or so easily understood EVPs. And Laura, I'm going to put you on the hot spot again. What is that? When you can... What electric electric voice phenomenon? When you can't hear it, but it comes on. Phenomenon. What is the EVP when you hear it with your own ears and you actually capture it on the digital voice recorder? Okay, well, that's the number one and then the, or the A. It's yes, A. a. B. It's A. A, that's the right A. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly testing. So is that a, is that a Fonzie a. a or is that a Canadian Either way. A. 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 It's, it's Hawaiian. A. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a Class A EVP when you can hear it and you also capture it on the digital recorder. Class B is when you don't hear it, but you capture it on the digital recorder. And then C, D, E, and F are just basically garbage and you don't really want to, like, those are very easily debunked. Not even worth mentioning. <laughs> right. Essentially, yes. So um, some of the EVPs that they um, captured Included uh, somebody saying, get out of this room. I got a question. I'm Jim. I plan on fixing that. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Jim. Uh, where was your uncle on the night this was filmed? Right. So, Maybe he was in a 
post world AA meeting. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jim, and I'm a fuck alcoholic. <laughs> I plan on fixing something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so others have come to investigate Hillview Manor over the years, telling their successes in seeing spirits and experiencing unexplained happenings within its walls. It's not uncommon to hear reports of slamming doors, voices, footsteps, which, again, to hear all of that with your own ears and there's nothing there. Jennifer, your house is haunted. You have been through this. You have heard a little child call out for mommy. Emma's dead to the world asleep. You know how alarming that is. Especially when you go to try to mm-hmm. find and be like, Emma, why are you awake? And and she was nowhere near the, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. very, it's, it's jarring. Um, mm-hmm. There have also been plenty of stories of scratching in the floors. I don't love that at all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> banging um, and pipes rattling, even though there is no HVAC or plumbing to speak of still in the building, because I imagine when they went in to steal all the copper wiring, they were stealing the plumbing too. So what pipes are rattling? Um, Objects also tend to move from one room to the other sporadically with no human help of their own. Um, So, if all of this isn't enough to convince you of Hillview's paranormal reputation, I got a lot more. Sit in. <laughs> grab, that, grab that drink. Um, one group from Ohio known as Lakeview Paranormal uh, said that, that the group spent less than 24 hours within the walls of the manor and each of them came out with an experience to share. I found these experiences really, really interesting because I've never heard of anything like this before. Um, when we asked one investigator what she experienced at the manor, her most notable experience occurred in the men's cafeteria. She could sense extreme tension in the room as well as noticeable temperature fluctuations. Okay. That's not what I was talking about. It's the next one. I promise. (laughs) Senior investigators, John and Greg felt followed through all throughout Hillview as if they were being watched or kept in line. Greg also smelled perfume and cigar smoke emanating from the rooms located on the third floor. This is what I found interesting. Changes in air pressure and movement were common. The differences in the atmosphere were constantly changing. Many investigators even experienced their ears popping while standing still in the same area. That's new to me. I've never heard anybody having any kind of experience like that not unless there's like weather moving in or um you know when you get like a like a vacuum effect of air and like your door slams or something like that like there would have to be like you would be able to feel something going on in my opinion you would have to have a thousand substantial like that would probably explain it pretty easily Right, right, right. Storm, so yeah. And that's like that's what we look at too. Is like, what is the weather on the on the night or the day or the whatever time? Mm. What is the weather going to be when we are investigating? What's the barometric pressure? What's the? Do you guys know that in my training to be a paranormal investigator, that I actually have kind of learned to be a weather forecaster? It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? Why? Hot? Humid? Ew? 
Oh, wait, right. there's more. Dew point is a big deal? Oh, barometric pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, this, uh, I, I tend to think that this was mentioned simply because there was none of that, like, um, meteorological influence that would have caused that kind of physical reaction in some of these investigators. Um, that's what I choose to believe, but Laura is a resident skeptic. <laughs> so, uh, who's meowing? Is it, is it Posty or the babies? Are it okay? was me. No. Um, yeah, I think it's Posty. So the building manager claims to have seen apparitions standing in front of her and to frequently communicate with the spirits. Um, if you go on a tour here, and like like I said, I'm going to get into their tours and the different options that they offer. But if you go on a historical tour here, um, they do some places will strictly tell you about the history in their daytime tours. Their nighttime tours, obviously, they're going to amp up the paranormal factor. This place kind of is all paranormal all the time with a little history thrown in. Um, <laughs> So a tour here will include the old nurse's station, which now has its counter covered by notes visitors have left to those who have died here. There is also a dungeon-like cellar. Hey. Yay. Um, <laughs> to explore, which has been used to store uncollected personal belongings from former residents. This has actually been featured on a number of shows that have filmed there. I mean, it is. It's just basically like, okay, this person died and nobody came to claim their body or any of their stuff. So we're just going to move it to the basement. And the but, body? They're just going to throw the body in the basement? <laughs> wow. Don't. Easy cleanup. I mean, um, <laughs> it does, well, I mean, that, that doesn't make sense considering most of the people ended up there because they didn't have family to take care of them. So that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> dungeon like cellar to explore, which has been used for uncollected personal injuries. Yeah. We're simply abandoned after patients died and no relatives could be traced to inherit the deceased personal effects. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. Are these objects haunted? I believe they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with regard to the entities, one of the most notable casualties in the history of the building is that of Eli Sauri. S A U R R I. Sauri? What do you think? I think so. Yeah. I'm gonna move. Cool. Um, we're gonna call him Eli from now on. Eli was a (laughs) middle-aged man who was a resident there during the building's early days as a poor farm and a halfway house. He was a recovering alcoholic, which the building commonly hosted. Um, However, alcohol was forbidden inside the building. Due to the strict no-alcohol policy, he decided to get his fix by leaving the building in order to go drinking. I might have dated his descent. <laughs> uh, Eli was found by some of the other residents the next morning, laying outside the front doors, passed out drunk. 
who they decided then to carry him in and leave him in the boiler room to warm up and sober up. Unfortunately, Eli never sobered up. He was actually dead when they brought him in, likely from alcohol poisoning. And now his restless spirit is said to haunt the boiler room area. The ghost of Eli supposedly enjoys taunting women. Um, There are several reports of women saying that they were touched, grabbed, and pinched by um, who they believe is Eli. So clearly this is long before the hashtag Me Too movement. You definitely dated one of his descendants. I'm going to back that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was cute, though. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. I mean, I'm a sucker for a cute guy, but that gets me in a lot of trouble. With serious mental issues. (laughs) I mean, if you got a pretty face, I'm willing to give you a shot. So Rob uh, is a spirit. No, I'm not talking about another boyfriend. Although I did have one. I was Rob. just gonna say, whoa! I was like, how many red flags are we are we gonna talk about today? <laughs> it's like, no, I saw those red flags. That, like, I thought they were sexy. <laughs> can we just say that Rob is might be an ex of mine, but is also sort of a paramour of Jennifer's. Same guy. <laughs> Look, it just is what it is. Um, so there is an entity named Rob. Um, <laughs> he is one spirit who has been known to appear is as a full body apparition and speak to visitors. He actually is even said to have followed someone home, which Jen, again, sounds like our Rob. I mean, for real. Yeah. So Candy Braniff, who is the building manager and Uh, Through some of my research, the owner, she says, quote, I have seen them standing right in front of me and I have heard my name called and I frequently communicate with them. Um, This is what I think is like super sad. So many people that go there for tours or paranormal investigations, they write notes to the spirits um, or to family members that that they had that died there. Um, There are. In the nurse's area, their notes cover the counter um, all the, like, even way back to the 1990s. Um, the messages reflect the thoughts or beliefs of people who visit, such as, JJ was here, or I miss you, Grandma, or keep smiling, or go into the light. I think that would be really hard for me to see. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't love that, that idea at all. I think... Um, the idea that somebody that I loved was trapped here and haunting a building. I don't, I don't love that. I don't love that at all. Um, I don't want my family to be stuck here like that. So the idea that, that people think that maybe their grandparents are there and I'm going to actually talk on touch on some stories where people were like, I think that was my grandmother. That would really break my heart if, if my grandmother was stuck here. So back to Candy, uh, the owner, she says that she knows the spirits in a very personal way and communicates with them frequently. One of her favorites is Rob. Shout out. Hi. Uh, (laughs) 
She has seen him as a full body apparition and she speaks with him via an EVP. He has said, I love you, Candy, and he has followed her home. It might be ours, Jen. It might be the (laughs) same guy. I really think it might be. Um, so she says, actually, they're all my favorites. I care about all of them. Uh, I'm personally attached to all of them, which is just casual and, and healthy and healthy. (laughs) I was going to call it whorish, but whatever. (laughs) I'm like, I think it's cute. She's nice. I mean, so another, um, entity that is there is Mary Virginia. She was a patient that lived there with the others. She had cerebral palsy. She spent most of her time, as any little girl would do, playing dress-up and listening to music. She also played with toys and dolls that are still a part of the property. According to Paranormal Reports, Mary's ghost is very friendly, and she responds well to her trigger objects, showing her presence uh, by swinging the necklaces that hang above her bed, moving her dolls and faintly playing her favorite music tunes into investigators recording devices. Uh, Mary is one of the spirits who has her own room complete with a bed, bedstand, and chair. She likes baby dolls and jewelry. Uh, so her bed is actually covered with these items. And some of the other things that people have left um, are like nail polish and eye makeup for this child ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring her a gift. I'm going to investigate this place. I'm going to bring her a gift, and I ain't letting go of any of my fucking makeup. I was just going to say, nobody leaving Mac for her. I ain't leaving Mac makeup for her. Um, Wet and Wild, though, is pretty good. Right. Only for some Wet and Wild. You can get some Elf. Oh, some Elf? Yeah. Anything you can find at Target, it's fine. Um, So now, Jimmy is another resident spirit who lived at Hillview for 46 years. From 1958 to when it closed in 2004, he also communicates regularly through the EVP. Um, Apparently, EVPs are a big, big deal. Like, these spears have a lot to fucking say. Uh, Candy, the manager who has a very personal relationship with all of the spears there, says, when I drove past the building, there was just something inside that was calling to me. She leased the building four years ago and is doing continuous research on it and its residents. She learned that during a five-year period in the 1930s, there were 12 suicides at the facility. Um, She has learned the names and stories of many of the residents. Um, So I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like that she's kind of putting a lot of effort into finding out who these people were when their own families were just like, you know what? I can't even try to deal with you right now. But she's personalizing a lot of the, you know, mm-hmm. I the think stories and the ghosts or, you know, spirits yeah. that may still be there, which makes it a lot nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Um, but let's talk about something that's not, so, not so nice. One of the ghosts that numerous people have seen over the years is that of a little boy. According to the reports, he is roughly six or seven years old and that his name is Jeffrey. There is an urban legend attached to him that says, if you see him, you will perish. So I'm actually going to come circle back to Jeffrey in just a little bit. Um, 
like I had mentioned just a minute ago, the number of EVPs captured by people investigating Hillview Manor is kind of staggering. It's not uncommon for even the novice paranormal investigator to gather um, people saying things and to record those on EVPs. What I found really interesting was that two guys went to visit Hillview and um, the one guy used to visit his grandmother who stayed there. He captured an EVP with the sound of a female using a family nickname for him that the other, like his friend that he brought would not have known. Um, so it, he believed that it, this was his grandmother calling him by his family nickname. Oh, that's cool. Female voice. I mean, that would kind of be like me walking into a location that my uncle Coy had been in and capturing the EVP of somebody calling me Curly, which is what my uncle mm. Coy always called me. There's no, I mean, now There's everybody no knows that he called me because I'm my pocket. Now everybody knows it. But um, yeah, yeah, it would, that was very similar situation, um, which would probably make me cry. I really don't yeah. want my, I don't want any of my family to be a ghost haunting anything. I want them in the light. Um, an EVP, um, a, another distant relative um, of someone who perished, captured an EVP of a um, an unattended piano being played. And the person that captured it stated that their grandmother lived there and often played that very same piano while she was there. Um, some former employees of Hillview Manor have their own experiences with ghosts and paranormal activity. One woman who worked as a nurse has a number of experiences while working her shifts on one occasion while walking from the east wing to the west wing she claimed a very cold and cloudy form passed through her it didn't scare her but it did give her an incredible chill um, on other occasions when on the second floor near the break room it was very common for her to see what appeared to be someone walking down the hall but upon checking things out, thinking it was a patient that was out of their room when they weren't supposed to be, nobody was actually ever there. So um, when one group of paranormal investigators went to Hillview, they had their own chilling experiences. Uh, once on the third floor, two investigators were setting up their video camera when out of nowhere, they heard the sound. I don't love this story at all. Out of nowhere, they heard the sound of somebody running down the hallway toward them. When they turned around to see who was rushing up on them, the sound stopped just before it reached them. A few minutes later, the running continued, only it came from a completely different direction. Still at them. I don't... Kind of weird. Yeah, I don't love that. I think that's scary. Um all of this, I think, is scary. Everything I talk about in my portion on every episode, I think, is scary. So, yes, I am mentally questionable that I am a professional <laughs> paranormal investigator. Um, I'm well aware. Thanks for pointing it out, guys, because I've gotten some messages. Oh, we don't have like, to. <laughs> well, I've actually gotten some messages from listeners that are like, why are you constantly scared of the information you tell? But yet you do this as a profession. I'm like, <laughs> ask Jennifer. Don't pull up that thread. It's not worth it. It's not. Don't do it. Don't try to climb in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So um, <laughs> people visiting and touring the manor have made countless claims that it is possible to see people staring out of the windows of the facility when nobody is inside. On one occasion, a tour group looked up into a window and saw an older woman looking out of the window. She smiled and waved at the group and then vanished after they waved back at her and they all collectively saw this happen. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, some full body spirits have been seen as well as shadow figures, which Laura, Jen, you guys know, I hate <laughs> this shadow figures, which tend to crawl on the walls and ceiling. Some mm. of these entities set off motion detectors, but will vanish instantaneously. Uh, it's generally believed in the paranormal community that if you see a shadow figure crawling on the floor, the walls or the ceiling, that it is not human. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't love that. I have yet to see it. Um, I did see a group that had toured Phelps Dodge and they were using their SLS camera capture a, a an entity crawling on the ceiling down the second uh second floor hallway toward the nursery. And I, I don't I don't love that. I don't I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nope. Goodbye. Uh, this is another one that sucks. Dragging noises can be heard inside certain rooms on the third floor, as if as if someone is pulling themselves across the room or using a walker to make their way to the bed. Ah, mm-hmm. like sad residual haunts. Uh, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ghost Asylum. Have either of you girls ever watched this show? I haven't seen it yet, but we uh, did start talking about it we did, in the last yeah. episode. Jen, have you heard about Ghost Asylum? I've heard of it. I don't think I've actually ever watched it. I think it's a Destination America channel show. I don't know if it's Travel Channel, but it's it's the Tennessee Wraith Chasers is the name of the paranormal group who this show's about. And um, they did an episode here at Hillview. They had numerous EMF spikes. They heard a growl in room 135. Tour guide, a tour guide told them that a shadow figure they spotted during the middle of the day at the end of the hallway actually kind of looked like a gargoyle. So just like this kind of like hunched over, like broad-shouldered shadow. Um, that they said looked like a gargoyle at the end of the hall. The next day they went back with an EVP recorder and they asked one of the spirits what it was they saw. What did I see? What was that? They captured, the EVP they captured was of a little girl's voice saying it was the monster. Casual. Adequate. I want to say adequate, but at the same time I'd have been like... I can't quit. I gotta find out what this is. So this stuff is really scary. And it's scary for paranormal investigators. So like it all creeps me out, but at the same time, I'm like, I need to find out what the fuck that was. Um, so anyway, they captured, they asked, and they got the answer. It was the monster. Probably not the answer they wanted. Um Uh-oh. Destination Fear. Have either one of you watched this show? I know I have told you both, you've got to watch this show. It's absolutely phenomenal i've seen one the one on the last location i think it's really good it's i really like their take like jen jennifer's the one that introduced me to ghost hunters 
And um, I really like their take on it. Like they're so like the market and the television market, the podcast market, everything is so saturated with paranormal stuff. Destination Fear is a different kind of take on the paranormal reality show. It's a guy named Dakota, his sister, Chelsea, his best friend, Tanner, and his friend, Alex. And they go around to different locations and um, they investigate it. And then they spend the night in the scariest places alone for the rest of the night. And it's, it's all to um, try to control their fear, try to conquer their fear. And they've done um, a number of locations. Uh, I really, really like it. It's, it's, it's a unique show. Um, They went here. So what they do is sometimes they all go together as a foursome. Sometimes they split off in twos and sometimes they do solos in this particular episode. They decided to do solos and they decide who goes by themselves by drawing a name out of a hat. So, um, (laughs) they Dakota, who's the star of the show, he got the first pick. Um, So he decided to go down into the basement where George is, who is a Terry Bradshaw fan, but doesn't like men. Um, And when he was down there, he actually heard a door slam behind him, which actually sounds like somebody shut him in the basement. But when he turned around, the door is wide open. It was really creepy. Um, The other thing was Alex, who has been another lifelong friend of theirs. But Alex signed on to the show to just be the cameraman. And I always feel so bad for this guy because this guy was like, hey, yeah, we're friends. The three of you are going to do this bullshit and I'm just going to wander around and film you. And he gets sucked into these solos, (laughs) these sleeping in the scariest places, like all by himself. So I kind of, I really feel bad for Alex. I feel like Alex and I I might be able to relate to him a little bit. (laughs) They're getting sucked into going through. Yeah. It's it's probably true. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so Alex, their friend and the camera guy went to the second floor around Jeffrey's room. Now, Jeffrey, again, is one of those, um, child spirits that it's believed as an urban legend. If you see his actual apparition, you're going to die shortly afterwards. So I I knew this because I had written my, you know, notes and I was like, oh my God, Alex, please don't, please don't see Jeffrey. Oh my God. Um, this was actually a really hard episode to watch because uh, he set a REM pod down. And a REM pod is sort of like a, a paranormal alarm. It functions at, kind of as a, um, a thermal recorder and an EMF detector. So when you set it down and if an entity comes close to you or if you even come close to it and like go to touch it, like my mic, it'll beep. Um, so he set it down at the end of the hall by Jeffrey's room and it went off. And, uh, then he was like, oh my God, it just went off. And, and oh my, holy crap. And he's filming down, looking at the REM pod and this fire truck outside Jeffrey's room. When all of a sudden he screams because he's seen a shadow figure dart down the hallway and he, it scares him. And because he gets scared, he is immediately like, I got to get out of here. I got to get back to the group. He's by himself. He goes to grab his walkie-talkie to radio to the group to be like, oh, my God, I just saw a shadow. I'm freaking out. I'm panicking. He doesn't have it. He forgot to take it with him. 
<laughs> so that's just added to his fear. Um, he starts getting really scared. And now by now, because he's running around and he's like, oh my God, he's like kind of running in circles in this hallway. Now he's turned himself around and he doesn't know where he's at and he doesn't know how to get out. And that's just adding more to his fear. And he starts feeling really sick, really nauseous. He's really scared. He hears footsteps coming toward him. Um, it's, it's ter- It's really terrible to watch. I was like, I don't know how much longer I can watch this poor kid freak out. And because the other the three are downstairs on the first floor and they don't know what's going on. Finally, they realize he forgot his walkie-talkie and they're like, we need to go after him. Well, he is getting really sick and really nauseous and you see him drop to his knees and he throws up. On wow. camera, on camera, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that probably could have been edited out. <laughs> like, I would have taken your word for it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're fucking losing your shit. Um, yeah. And so it ended, It ends up being where they actually have to call an ambulance for him and rush him to the hospital. And he leaves the rest of the episode. It was so hard to watch. And he's so wow. scared. He's so scared. It's such a brilliant show. Um, because all of these, these, they're not kids. They're like late twenties, like approaching thirties. So they're not kids, but you know, grandma, 44 year old here, this poor <laughs> kid. Um, it's such a fabulous show and the take that they have on it. Like they put themselves in terrifying situations to try to like stir up paranormal activity and locations, which is very, very smart, but also insanely stupid too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt bad for Alex because he's like, I'm just the fucking camera guy. <laughs> what is happening? Like, I didn't sign up for this shit. I didn't. And if if he said it in one episode, he said that exact same. I didn't sign up for this, Dakota, in a thousand <laughs> episodes. Um, so yeah, it was really hard. So to, did you read watch. that? Um, did you read that that Jeffrey kid um, was supposed to be one of the like the original kid that went to the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so I read terrible. that too. Okay. Which is really mm-hmm. terrible. I hate the idea that, that like this one child is stuck haunting. I don't like to hear about any children haunting any location. Um, Once well, I have been there so young, you know what I mean? At a place mm-hmm. where it's all like people that are older and dying and, you know, mm-hmm. or clearly and nobody was there that was in great fortunate circumstance, you know? Right, so yeah, be an awesome place, especially even, for a child. Especially for a child, I think that's just—it's just awful. Um, yeah. And Jennifer, shame on you for thinking about sending your grandparents here. Um, <laughs> did you ha- think about sending them there? They just <laughs> said, <laughs> "If I, <laughs> I was living my best life." <laughs> right, apparently. Um, so uh, <laughs> this blog that I found that uh, was Pittsburgh. God, it was really long. I hold on. Let me get back to the top of my sources. P- uh, Pennsylvania Mountains of Attractions.com. It was a, a thread or a message board started by a guy named Mick. So Mick says that, quote, during the mid 80s into the 90s, I worked in a county run nursing home called Hillview Manor. My position was director of social services and activities coordinator. As soon as I started working there, I knew that there was more to the place than what you could see. I knew instantly that this place was haunted. 
Working there, I got to know the patients and, of course, the staff. Big complaint of the staff was that no one, ugh, no one liked working the third floor at night. They always complained of hearing noises, hearing voices, or feeling cold spots in what was a very warm location in the building. Um, the patients always talked about seeing a little boy. It was said and believed among the patients that if you saw this child in your room, you were the next to die. Back when it was like open and operating, Jeffrey, yeah. they were seeing this kid. Um, so to Jeffrey, I say, chill, little man. Goddamn. <laughs> so um, he started this, this thread. So, of course, there was a ton of comments. And I was like reading through some of the like more interesting comments. Um, yeah, I find like I saw some of those message boards, too. And it's really interesting that people whose family had been there, like it's so close mm-hmm. to have like they were still having patients in what 2004 or something so yeah it's it's amazing that you know there's a lot of people whose recent memory their family was living there or members of their family and i did read one where there was um somebody's grandmother had been there and they did one of the tours and they saw their grandmother's chair like the chair <gasps> that was like in her room or whatever that um that she sat in all the time was still on the property. I wouldn't love so I that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of personal belongings down in that basement. Mm-hmm. They just like up and left. And we've talked, Lori, you and I have talked about all of these places where they're like, okay, well, I guess we just can't, you know, afford to do this or the state shutting us down. Let's just lock it up as fucking is. That, and then I mean, it happens so often. That's that on that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the counties don't go in and like sell everything off or anything. They just padlock the doors and call it a day. Yeah, it's just crazy. Okay, so a commenter to this blog said, my mom passed away at Hillview in 2001. I still live five minutes away from the building. Uh, I have never gone back, but my children spent the night on one of the tours. My son, who is very level-headed, said you would have to see it to believe what goes on in there. My daughter told me my mom's chair is still in the basement. It was very scary uh, to see. Yeah. Okay. Same one then. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was so struck by that story. I was like, wow, that is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's funny. That one like stuck in my brain, just like having kind of skimmed over those. And I was like, right. Oh my gosh, yes. Really yes. I can't um, imagine going somewhere and seeing my grandmother's chair that she sat in all the time, you know, like, no, I would hate that. Right. Jen. Like I yeah, would hate so that. crazy. That'd be terrible. Mm, that'd be awful. <laughs> awful. Um, yeah. I still feel uneasy when I drive past on route 65. Um, another anonymous person wrote, hi, I was born and raised in Newcastle. My grandmother worked there for 48 years, retiring twice just to go back older than some of her patients. She always spoke of strange things happening and that building has always scared me. Um, yet another, we went last October to a ghost hunt at the manor up on the third floor in the large room of the hospital ward. There are two old radiator heaters covered with metal casings while in there doing EVPs. We were startled by a large bang from the corner. Like someone was lifting the metal casings on the radiator radiators. I'm sorry radiators if you're from Pittsburgh. Thank you. Right. Thank say, you. It, say it right. So you're not saying our, you're asking if you're saying Sharon right, but but not radiator. radiator right off. 
Yeah. It took two people to move the heater enough to make the same sound, but no one was in that corner at the time of the noise. I would love to go again and investigate. And finally, I was a licensed practicing nurse in the 90s and I worked evenings and nights on all of the floors. There are a great many stories to tell. And yes, I remember dear Jimmy. He was a sweetheart. The second and third floors is where the most strange things happened. The second floor is where the employee lunchroom was. And frequently I would see reflections of somebody walking down the hall. When I'd go to see who it was, no one would be there. Once on the second floor, I was going from the east wing to the west wing when a cloudy form passed through me. That was very cold. When I turned around to see what it was, it was gone. Oh, by the way, did I mention it was summer and we had no air conditioner? So many stories. I miss the old place and would love to go back for a visit. So that's what I've got on the hauntings of Hillview Manor, which are numerous. Numerous. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Jen, what do you think? Did you know, have any kind of idea this place would be as I crazy? Didn't, no, 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 I don't. And now I'm like, I want to dine off my cousin Tim. I'm going to have to text him and say, hey, would you and oh, your friends ever go there? Please do. Please do. Because I would really, really love to know. Um, I would really love to talk to anybody that's been there. I'm absolutely going to go and investigate it. Um, right. So speaking of that, in my know before you go, guys, uh, the address is 2801 Elwood Road in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, 16101. You can give them a call at 724-657-6934, or you can email them at info at hauntedhillviewmanor.com. Now, each person must make a reservation for any of their tours. You also have to sign a waiver that says if you get possessed or die on the premises, you cannot sue them. Um, <laughs> all children under 18 must be accompanied by a parent or a guardian. Also, I'm not sure that's what their waiver says, but that's what History of a Haunting podcast waiver says when we do paranormal investigation. <laughs> So I assume theirs is quite similar. Um, (laughs) All children under 18 must be accompanied by a parent or a guardian. Uh, They do have a one and a half hour day tour. That's $25. They have a three hour day tour. That's $35. They have a six hour day tour. That is $65 per person. That's kind of a long day tour. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, You can also book private investigations in which you have the entire building to yourself. Hello, this is where I this is where <laughs> I started to pay attention. Um, you can do either a four-hour investigation, $450, or you can do a six-hour investigation, $600, or an eight-hour investigation, $800. They do have a calendar on their website, so you can see like what Sundays, Saturdays, Sundays are available for these investigations. Um, I definitely think that it's worth it. Uh, it's, it's, it is pricey, but a lot of paranormal teams have a lot of folks. So if you split the cost, it ends up working out. Um, and that's what I've got on Hillview Manor. This place ended up being a really gold, a big gold mine. We haven't covered a place like this in a really long time. So, um, I'm super excited. Uh, and how many times have you been so close to it and you didn't even realize? I didn't even realize (laughs) I had no idea, no idea. Um, really, I just kind of want to go to see that four car garage. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of who doesn't <laughs> really, 
I mean, I have a two-car garage, so I can't imagine four. Um, <laughs> That's like double. It's like double, <laughs> right? I'm bad at math, Jen. That's double, right? <laughs> Somebody get the calculator. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. She's bad at math, too. Um, anyway, yeah, that is Hillview Manor, guys. Have you been there? Do you know what's going on? Have you ever seen it? Did you have somebody that lived there? Uh, Jennifer's going to get on the horn with her family and be like, do we know anybody that was ever in this crazy place? Uh, she will report back and I will bring that information to you on next week's episode. Uh, Laura, go ahead mm-hmm. and tell the dear folks where they can find us. You can find us at hoahpodcast.com. The Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok. Um, is that all? Of them? Did I feel like I'm missing that? It, that is it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it. it. All right. Good. Yeah. 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 Then anywhere you I, can find your podcast. Yes. Laura and Spotify, I. Spotify, iHeart. Spotify, iHeart. Uh, Apple. In Apple, Stitcher. Stitcher. Radio.com. All right. Oh, also Amazon Music. We're on Amazon Music too. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. Look at us. Super neat. Yeah. Uh, We have another recording to do in a couple of days. Uh, We're doubling up Mm -hmm. on a bunch of recordings because some fucking bitch is going to Belize. It's unbelievable. (laughs) You know that was going to go. You know it's going to happen. I cannot Belize it. (laughs) Anywho. uh, Yeah. So, Jen, uh, do you know what our sign-off is? She's smiling. She's like, look how pretty I am. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Laura, we're going to... Jen, do you want to say anything to the people? I mean, this is this hails from your neck of the woods. Like, what would you like to say to the folks? Terry Bradshaw's the best! <laughs> Go st- <laughs> Steelers. Go Steelers! Go Steelers. Go Steelers in that. Oh, look at me. <laughs> and that. <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for hosting, guest hosting this episode with us. Um, we are very honored. We are very honored to have you. You are a very popular guest host. And um, talk to us uh, real quick before we sign off. What's What's been going on with your house? Because folks are curious. Like any like paranormal activity going on? Has it been quiet? What's happening? It's been pretty quiet. Um, yeah, but you know, if we are thinking about moving in the next year or so, oh, we're going to start cleaning stuff out and, uh, maybe throwing stuff up. I will not, however, be touching the wooden toys in the crawl space. Oh, really? You don't, you like, you haven't touched them at I'll all? I'll leave those there. I'll, I'll clear out everything else, but those, those stay with the house. So. Okay. Well, so then my Are you going to put that in the contract? <laughs> I, I'm, do, do, we, do I have to disclose? Of course not. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to check diedinhouse.com. They know all of the state's laws if you have to disclose shit. I mean, I'm going to leave the appliances. I just figured that was a given. So, <laughs> Can we bring them out of the crawl space next weekend, though, when I do it, when I investigate your house? Uh, by all means, if you want to try to crawl in there through all of our clothes in the closet, uh, <laughs> but you know, my husband, you're going to have to put everything back exactly the way you found it. Unless I ask him to do it. You may have to feed him drinks. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. 
Okay, so it's been quiet on the home front at Jennifer's house, but I'm going to go up there for Fourth of July weekend. Granted, this episode comes out two weeks after that, uh, so we've long since been there, done that, and investigated. Maybe I got the toys out of the crawl space. Maybe I didn't. Um, uh, yeah, so... Toys in almost the attic? <laughs> toys in almost the attic, sure, sure. Uh, to that end, everybody... Stay safe out there because you never know who or what is, is listening. Yes. Thank you guys. We love you, Jennifer. Thank you. We love you. And I love you. yay. We're so excited you were here. And I'm super excited you. to, you know, stir up the hauntings in your house. I know. And There's and something. then and then leave immediately then leave. after. <laughs> yeah. Like, ha 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 ha. Turn around. Yeah, Bye. Great. So nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, Laura, keep us posted. Um, please share on the TikTok the progress of the little kittens and sure how thing. baby posty is doing. Um, they're going to be available for adoption. She has partnered with Love Heals Rescue, who is one of the sponsors of the podcast. Um, but since they're, they're so literally wonderful. like 24 hours old, uh, it's gonna be several <laughs> weeks before anybody can adapt one of her kittens. But one has a really cute orange stripe down his face, it's so cute. So cute. Super cute. Um, so anyway, Laura, love you. Uh, tell Zane I love him. And have Will a good trip. And Thank you. You too. Bye, guys. We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Bye. Love you.